Hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 34. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. Did you love last week's conversation with Jennifer Mackey Mary from Everyday Style? It has really helped me to edit my closet without photo, fear of throwing out. This was my favorite quote from the conversation. Your closet should be the boutique that you shop from every morning. It is not a museum for the person you were five years ago or a warehouse for the person you hope to be in five years. Wow, so powerful, right? Another category of stuff where moms struggle with photo is kids stuff, specifically toys. I haven't met a mom yet who didn't feel overwhelmed by toys, like they were literally taking over their house and showing up in every possible room. And while our kids live in our homes and deserve to be able to play and enjoy the space, what can we do when the sheer amount of toys is overwhelming us and them? Today, we're going to be diving into my five-step plan to help you tackle the toy clutter. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Today's featured review is from Busy Mom 1986 who writes, Your episode on capacity really struck a chord with me. We have been minimalists for several years and our smallish house is not filled to the brim. However, I have two children, one of whom has special needs and am pregnant with my third. My husband travels for work during the week. After I listened to that episode, I realized I just don't have much capacity and was encouraged to declutter further. Thank you for your wonderful and succinct podcast. Well, thank you so much, Busy Mom 1986, for your kind review. So this idea of capacity has really been a game changer for me, and we're going to be talking about it a little bit on today's episode as well. So everyone, I am still hoping to get 100 five-star reviews so I can do an amazing giveaway for this community. So if an episode, like maybe the capacity one, has resonated with you, I'd love for you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave that written review. All right, I am ready to dive into all things toys. You know, I think it would be amazing if toys could come to life, kind of like in the Toy Story movies, but instead of going back to where their kid owners left them when the kids came back into the room, they instead would magically go back to where they belonged. Wouldn't that be great? Unfortunately, that is not the case. And so many of us are constantly drowning in or stepping on the toys in our home. And you can tell I'm a Lego mom (laughs) because that happens to me all the time. 
So before we dive into this plan, I want to remind you that since everyone's situation is different with the size of their home, their capacity to manage it, the generosity of their gift-giving relatives and friends, and how many toys they feel are suitable for their kids, you are welcome to take what works for you and your unique situation and leave the rest. But these tips have really served me to keep toy clutter at bay. So let's do it. Okay, step number one is to do a complete inventory of all the toys you have. And imagine the ideal situation for where you want the toys to be in your home. Ideally, one or two places max, depending upon what matters to you and your family. So I'm 42, and when I was growing up, I had toys in my room. My brother had toys in his room, but we didn't have a playroom or toys anywhere else in the house, with the exception, I guess, we had some outdoor bikes and, you know, a few balls to play with that were in the garage. So somewhere between my parents having me and my brother and the current generation of parents, of which I am part of that, there has been this complete shift in how toys are incorporated into a home. Toys are not just in the playroom anymore. They are also in the family room, the living room, the basement, the kids' rooms, and possibly other rooms as well. So what I want you to do is think about the ideal situation of where you would want toys to be located in your home. Perhaps it would be just your kids' rooms and nowhere else. Or in my case, I like that my kids do not have any toys in their room at all. That's right, you heard that correct. They have books and they also have their treasure box, treasures in quotes here, of random trinkets, but no toys. Toys are kept in the basement, which is a shared space, so we naturally limit what they have. And we also have this Lego lab on the main floor, which is intentional because my boys have these ongoing Lego projects, and that's the most logical place to have them without me stepping on them all of the time. If you have a designated playroom, and you want to keep it that way, try to get an understanding of where toys are in other parts of the house and if they are hindering how you're living in that space and also your ability to have a tidy home. If you are constantly telling your kids to clean up their room and you're anxious about even stepping foot in there, perhaps it's time to explore not having toys in their room at all. For those kiddos who might still be doing quiet time, you can always have a special quiet time basket or bin of toys that can go in with them to their room and comes out when quiet time is done. So once you have a full understanding of all the toys you own, P.S. this could also include bath toys, outdoor toys, and so forth, we want to move along to step two, which is to observe, really observe what your kids are playing with and what they never touch. You can even go so far as to make a list on the notes app of your phone. And as they are playing with something, you can write it down or put a check mark. This is what they play with without any intervention from you saying, don't you want to put this puzzle together? Or hmm, you haven't played with this for a while. Just observe what they play with over the span of maybe three to five days and write it down. What we are doing here is coming face to face with what our kids naturally play with and what we want them to play with. Those are often two different things, right? So when we have to start making decisions about what stays and what goes, or at least what's put out of sight for a certain amount of time, we have to understand whether we are putting our own desires on the toys our kids own, essentially making it aspirational clutter, like we talked about in episode 10. Right now, for example, my boys rarely play with the train tracks we own. 
So as much as I love them and think to myself, these are great open-ended toys, they are on the verge of being aspirational clutter for me. So I really have to evaluate whether it's worth having them take up space in our home if my kids aren't gravitating towards them on their own. Okay, so you've inventoried and you observed. Now we are going on to step three. That is to use the container concept we learned about in episode six to determine how much of each toy category we're going to keep and where the toys are going to live and be easily accessed by our kids. That means that things aren't stuffed into every possible nook and cranny and that there's room for the toys to breathe, so to speak, so your kids can actually find them. Also, if it's age appropriate, you can put labels or pictures of what something is if it's in a bin where they can't see into it. That's another way to kind of avoid that dump and go that I talk about a lot where they don't know what something is. So they take it out and they dump it and then they move on to the next thing. First, you want to decide what room or rooms you want the toys to live in and then decide what category of toys is for each boundary you select. So for example, if you have a six, nine or 12 cube organizer, it makes it easier since there are physical boundaries around each one of those cubes. Start with a list of what your kids have actually been playing with, not what they haven't touched over the last week. Then decide how many cubes or shelves or bins goes to each category. So for example, maybe you're gonna designate one cube is for Hot Wheels cars, one's for Legos, one's for dolls, one's for dress up clothes and so forth. For now, you can estimate on the high end if you have a lot of toys with the understanding you're gonna be decluttering the excess. So if your kids have a ton of Hot Wheels cars, for example, perhaps you can designate two cubes for the time being until we get to the next step. All right, following the steps that we talked about in episode six, you first want to fill the container that you've decided on with the things that they use and love within that category. Perhaps your kids have a certain go-to superhero outfit when they dress up or a favorite doll they play with all the time. Start with those favorites and then move on to the maybes if they fit within the container you've designated. Keep going until the container still has some room but fits within the designated space. Fantastic, so for now, put those maybes and definitely no's aside that don't fit into that specific container because there's another important step we need to consider. Step four is understanding your capacity and more importantly, your kids' capacity to manage the toys in your home. How long does it take for your kids to clean up their play area? How long does it take you after they go to bed? Do they, like my kids, become wet noodles when it's time to clean up? Do you think they may be overwhelmed by the volume of toys? If your ideal is for your kids to have no more than a 10 to 15 minute cleanup, take a look at all the toys you've decided are staying in the space as of right now and ask yourself how long you think it would take to clean up. If there's still way too much, go back to your containers and perhaps cut the amount of that category in half. Maybe we're keeping half the Barbie dolls or half the Hot Wheels cars or half of the superhero figurines. Okay, we are already at step five and did you notice I did not tell you to declutter anything? What the heck, Emily? <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm never going to tell you what to get rid of, with one exception. Any toys that are broken or you don't have all the pieces to, which of course impacts your kid's ability to play with it. As you're going through the space, if you see those, I'd recommend getting rid of them right away. But otherwise, this is the step where you have to understand your unique situation with your unique kids. I'm gonna call step five, experiment with what you've decided to keep in the space 
and hide or declutter the rest. If you are nervous about getting rid of any of the remaining toys that are maybes, and you're not sure whether your kids are going to miss them, or you're keeping something out of aspirational purposes, but you're not willing to let go of it quite yet, designate a certain amount that you're going to put away and set a reminder on your phone for 30 days. Get a bin that little kids can't open and can't see through and put it out of sight. If anyone asks about those toys, you know where they are and you can rotate in the ones asked about as you see fit. But based upon the conversation I've had with many moms, those toys are usually forgotten about quickly. At the end of the 30 days, I would recommend that you donate the toys, first starting with a place where your kids may be still able to enjoy them, like your church, their preschool, and so forth. And if not, you can contact daycares, your local Buy Nothing group, or your charity of choice. So there you have it, my five-step process to combating toy clutter. Let's recap them quickly. Number one, do a complete inventory of all the toys you have and imagine the ideal situation for where you want the toys to be in your home. One or two places max, probably, right? Based upon what matters to you and your family. Number two, observe what your kids do and don't play with over the course of maybe three to five days and make a note of it in your phone. Number three, use the container concept to determine how much of each toy category you're going to keep, where the toys are going to live, and can be easily accessed by your kids. Number four, understand your capacity and more importantly, your kids' capacity to manage the toys in your home. And number five, experiment with what you've decided to keep in the space and hide or declutter the rest. Now, I know that one of the main questions I get is about toys coming in, usually from generous relatives and friends. I talk about this in episode 13, which is about limiting toys for Christmas specifically, but this applies to other times of the year as well. And if you are the one using toys as a reward, a bartering tool, or just to help you get through that target run, check out episode 23, all about the three things you need to stop doing if you don't want to be drowning in clutter. You can find links to those episodes in the show notes. So if you want more personalized help with managing the toys in your home, I have a few ways I can help you out. One is to join our free Facebook group at tinyurl.com forward slash moms overcoming overwhelm. We do decluttering challenges every other week there, and I'd love to see you. But if you feel like you want more one-on-one assistance and are super limited on time and energy, my decluttering coaching services may be best. In one hour, I can create a personalized plan for you, and I'll follow up with you every day for two weeks to answer questions and check in on your progress. I do have three spots available for May, so if you're interested, please go to simplebyemmy.com forward slash coaching to learn more. Next week, I will bring you my chat with Lisa Lazat from the Habits and Home Show about the one habit that will keep your home clean and clutter-free. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. But 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.